Get ready to be dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another exciting episode of Days and Infused. I'm Latham Woodward, your host. Tonight, we're really pleased to have one of the OG movers and shakers in the cannabis business, Greg Gamut from Gold Flora. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for being here. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, it's always nice to talk to people in the industry and, and I thank you for your kind words. The real OGs though, I just want to point it out, are the ones that serve time for doing what I'm doing right now legally. So those are the real OGs and uh, we always got to, you know, um, last prisoner project's a big deal to us and everybody else. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there. Right on. Andrew and Steve's project. And I've had Andrew on the show before talking about last prisoner project. And for you, those of you at home who are not familiar with Andrew and Steve D'Angelo's project, the last prisoner project, get out there, do a little research, see how many people in this country are still incarcerated for sometimes very petty cannabis crimes. And this disproportionately affects people of color. Um, and there's still, I think, 20,000 people in prison across the United States for varying degrees of cannabis crime. So do your part, do a little research and reach out to the last prisoner project. I'm glad you brought that up, Greg. It's a well, very yeah. worthwhile program. And speaking of OGs, Andrew and Steve are OGs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. That's that's for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm in the Bay Area. So I, you know, I've I followed Steve my whole life basically and his efforts and incredible guy. Um, I think he's been arrested seven times at airports in California for cannabis things. Um, so he's not only talking the talk, he walks it too. So that's cool. There Shout you out go. to you, there Steve D'Angelo. Right. Um, so, hey, Greg, we're going to start out the way I start at every one of my podcasts. And I'm just going to ask you, and I know you've got a great story. What's your historical relationship to cannabis and, and how'd you get into the business? Historical relationship is I, I, I love to get high. Let's be honest, right? So <laughs> starting point, Greg. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, at a young age in, in Iowa, I grew up in, in Iowa, you didn't, I didn't get really exposed to it. You know, I think I tried some ditch weed here and there, but never really smoked real cannabis till you got off to college. And, right. uh, you know, the, you know, the first time I tried it, I fell in love. I fell in love with uh, Mary Jane, man. And, uh, you know, it kind of changed. She's a sweet mistress. Sweet mistress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rick James knows all about her, but I, I just really feel that I, I, uh, I really connected with it and, uh, and then, you know, didn't realize that, you know, it, it was a money-making proposition until you start buying that ounce to sell three of the quarters to pay for your quarter, you know, back in the day, the, the, the brick weed that we got in Iowa, you know, so, so, you know, that from that point forward, you know, I, I started liking music more and started doing some live music stuff and then, uh, you know, moved to Colorado and, uh, the rest is history, you know? Yeah. Right on. I mean, that's a very, you know, not the same story as everyone, but I want to give a shout out to my own family back in Fort Dodge, Iowa. If you're an oh, Iowa guy too. I, yeah, I, pl I played the hayloft on a few occasions uh, and, and, and at some shows. Yeah. My, my great granddad was a greengrocer there in, in Fort Dodge. So there you go. 
nice. Woodward's, Woodward's in Iowa. Hey, um, so to tell the people at home, I recently met you, but you and I both thought we'd met before in the past. I can't remember where it was, but how how many licenses does Gold Floor currently have across the country? You you guys are entrenched. Well, we are we are just the Gold Floor company is a single state operator, so okay. uh, we focus on California, and uh, just the, the, we have I think three distribution licenses. We've got one retail store, soon to be many more. Uh, if the cards get you know get played in in our favor, and we right. have uh, cult. Cultivation license now currently three cultivation licenses, and we're building out a really large facility here. That's why I'm, I'm currently located in Palm Desert, Palm Springs, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a big site in uh, Desert Hot Springs, a very friendly city to to build a cannabis cultivation in, uh, and low taxes, uh, low power rates, and uh, gets a little warm in the summer, but you plan for that. Yeah. But so. So we have a cultivation. We're going to have many more out there, but uh, currently I think we have six or seven active. I should know that number off the top of my head, but we let a couple go and got some new ones. So, um, you know, currently I think it's about seven. And if I'm not mistaken, it was just last year, exactly a year ago, when you guys announced that you were putting your first um, seedlings in the ground there and getting them going. Is that right? Just a year ago. Yeah, it was just just under a year ago at that site, and I've been cultivating cannabis, you know, commercially for quite a while. Never anything on this scale. Anybody out there that says, "Hey, we're going to jump into these big buildings and just knock it out of the ballpark on the first harvest," uh, they're they're lying to you, or they got extremely lucky, or they're just uh, they're just a one heck of a grower. So yeah. you know, as we expand, and you know, you get the variables of power and and you know of this magnitude making sure all your systems you know are running correctly because really the industry learns on projects like this as much as anything when you build something this big it, it takes a team of engineers and then it also takes you know we're, we're learning and learn the hard way a team of people you know with real on the ground knowledge and if you say i need 600 gallons of dehum out of this one room a day a lot of engineers might look at you like you're crazy and uh you know, Mike Finelli, who recently started with us, uh, says, yeah, I've never went into an engineering meeting and told them how much DM I needed. Uh, and they believed me right off, the, right off the bat. So the industry learns. We are expanding. Uh, hopefully, you know, the whole campus would be 620,000 square feet when we're finished. Phase yeah, one true. is complete now. And we got one 3A license up and running and four 2As under construction right now. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, it's going to be quite, <clears throat> quite an uh, enterprise when it's all finished. I mean, it's amazing. And you're fortunate enough to have a really good team around you that you've worked with uh, for a while. Um, Most notably, uh, I believe your chief financial officer, you guys have uh, come together from your experience in Colorado with um, your Kush bottle and some other stuff. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I like to take all, all the credit for Kush bottles, but I really can't. So Nick, Nick (laughs) Kovacevic and, and, and Dallas, they, they started it a long time ago in California. Uh, they had a chief financial officer uh, when they added him was Chris Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started, you know, I couldn't find packaging. So I started buying a bunch of packaging from Nick and Dallas, uh, John, Brenda, back in the day, the old school crew there and um, ended up getting a uh, starting, you know, Kush bottles, Colorado. They later uh, purchased, uh, purchased my company and I, we, t- they took it public and I sat on the board of directors for a year, but that was a, a, a fun learning experience. And, you know, really it, before that, I didn't really need to know the industry. So I kind of kept my head down at Dank 
you know, the, the original cultivation and, and dispensary that we've had in Colorado since September 2009. Kept my head down there, still operate now. But uh-huh. Kush bottles really forced me to get out and meet meet the industry, you know. So right. it, was a, it was a really good thing for me. Um, and speaking of the early days in Colorado, I mean, you've basically been in the industry since legalization in Colorado. Is that right? Yep. A little bit before that, you know, we had the legal medical, you could, you know, grow some stuff in your basement, but honestly, it really, really did. You know, you're a little bit thin, you could sell a little bit, but it didn't really occur to me as a full business opportunity until, you know, September 1st, 2009, Justin Jones, the uh, founding uh, partner of Dank uh, and I were uh-huh. driving around in, in North Park Hill, uh, you know, industrial park looking for a landlord that was crazy enough to lease a space to us off our two medical cards. <laughs> so <laughs> we found one bill Barber still with us. Awesome guy. And uh, we, then we just decided at that point, everything's compliant. Everything's above the board. Let's work with the city. Let's work with the uh, local law enforcement. Let's work with the state and try to, you know, be the first at everything. Some of the stuff right. we want at some, some of the stuff we failed. Let's talk about Shuggy's new Stevia and sugar available now in a 25 uh, gallon bucket in either one. The sugar is coming to you at the same percentage that our current stick packs are, and the stevia will be identical to the stevia available in stores today. Our stevia has a delicious taste suitable for any baking needs you may have in your commercial operation. We've engineered these products to be used by other commercial entities in their edible products. Look for Shuggies in um, dispensaries near you. And if you want to talk to us about Shuggies, reach us at um, Vivian at sensedistribution.com. That's V-I-V-I-A-N at sensedistribution.com. Making sugar and stevia for all of your commercial baking needs in the cannabis space. Well, that's it's cool. I mean, they brought all that skill set into California and you also reconnected, um, just to give your backstory here a little more, with um, Lori Holcomb, right? And old friend of yours from the days gone by, and she's now the CEO of Gold Floor. Is that right? Yeah, she's powerhouse, powerhouse Lori. So, um, yeah, I was, I was, I had started a company with a few of my other business partners called Denver Consulting Group. Uh, her brother Tim gave me a call, gave me a call, almost, I suppose, about five years, five and a half years ago. I'd say about five years ago, almost to the day. And yeah. uh, he was like, Hey, uh, Lori wants, you know, wants to know if you're in, in the marijuana industry. And I had a, a boy we just adopted, by the way, one of the first full above the board legal adoptions of a child of a marijuana business owner. Um, that's a whole okay. nother show though. But whole, yeah. my little baby Grady and, uh, he, uh, he was like, well, she needs to, uh, uh, talk to you. And I said, well, I'm busy right now and not to, you know, sound you know i'm above everybody but i said just tell her to google me if it's something that i think i she thinks i can help her with have her give me a call tomorrow well Lori, she's a go-getter she called me in 10 minutes and uh, convinced me to get on a plane and land in orange county by 8 30 a.m the next morning and uh presented an opportunity to investors uh off a no sleep night of putting some numbers together and uh they all decided to fund the property which we operate in and then about a month later after visiting Colorado they decided to fund the first first go around for gold floor to be an operator so it started wow. out for them as a as a you know I'm going to be a landowner and uh, and landlord and rent to the industry to I want to uh, dominate 
California indoor flower market, which I'm not mm -hmm. saying we're doing at all, but that's everybody's goal, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I did do a little reading on Lori. She is a powerhouse and it sounds like she's done a lot in her career. I mean, amazing stuff. Yeah, well, not, not only is uh, she the founding uh, uh, member, she's a majority shareholder. It's a woman-owned business. She's, uh, she's super intelligent. Can't say enough about her. And I'm not, I'm not sucking up to the boss right now, but I kind of am. <laughs> but, you know, I got my other powerhouse, my wife, uh, who lets me do all this crazy stuff, you know. Hey, I want to be a legal marijuana operator. And when she was pregnant with our first child, yeah, go ahead. I want to grow in the basement. Sure, go ahead. You know, so I'm surrounded, surrounded by, by some... Uh, Good houses. women, some good <laughs> yeah. women there. Right you on. can say that, yeah. They keep you between yeah. the ditches. <laughs> That's great. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, just to transition around, uh, you know, subjects that are kind of you know always in the the this the mindset of cannabis in California. There's one thing that's just driving me nuts right now, and it's it's this um kind of the bud tender driven agenda that I'm seeing a lot of stores. Now there's some great stores out there and I'm not going to bad mouth any store in particular. Right. But I am seeing a certain agenda on a lot of bud tenders and buyers out there uh, toward just Uber high potency. And it's, it's really driving me and a lot of other people crazy. What's your take on this right now? Okay. Well, well, so I, there, there's different markets in the different parts of the country. I think California is is advanced in many ways, and I think Colorado's got some things they're advanced on in Washington. So it depends on the market. Like Colorado, right. it's not a THC-driven market. It was at one point when Distillate the Clear first came out. You know, the clear, the cleaner used to be the you know the same back then. And then yeah. California, you know, it's it's they they've got some awesome extraction. That, you know. 710 Labs comes out of Colorado and they're out here doing well in the market and there's California doing well there. So I'm not trying to start a battle because there's great yeah. operators and all, but THC, I'm, I'm guilty. Sometimes you got to produce something that the, that the uh, public wants. So we got, you know, every buyer was like, Hey, I need a over 90% DHC pen. So we did that. We did some mm -hmm. other vape pens that are my favorite is our naked AF pen. My, my goal for it's, if it's if you could say it's a live resin CO2 pin, that'd be about the closest thing to it. But it's you know 65% THC, but it's got you know whole plant goodness in it, and I like it. But I'm yeah. a big flower guy, so if I can just puff a joint and you know some really really you know well cured grown weed, I don't care if it's 18% or 32%. I just I want right. the flavor and the taste and and the whole process. Some of my favorite bud ever is Master Kush, and that's you, the most you're going to get on that is 18%. But it's a, it's a wonderful indica. So, yeah, right. you, you get you get that. You go to, you go in to sell your array of products, and and I am liking this. You know, like in some of the edible markets where people are looking for that one even half milligram of THC in edible. But it seems like when they want a vape pen, you know, I just want this big 93% distillate 2D high. So. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's troublesome, but at the same time, you know, everybody likes their own buzz. So, well, uh, I can, I can get the vape pen thing. Cause I'm, I'm a full spectrum vape pen guy too. And I do like the higher potency, but with, with regard to flower, right. I, I just think there, there's a lot of dismissing really good flower that happens to be 18 to 21%. And they're not even looking at it, not even offering it to their, their buyers. You know, the people who are buying in the consumer market, I think it's a really weird trend because not everyone wants the super dank 34 or, you know, they want 
to be able to smoke with their their boys or their girls all night, you know. Um, yeah. And you're not doing that on the heavy, heavy potency. You can't you can't toke a vape pen at at sixty eight percent all night and hope you're going to be standing with your guys at one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, you know. Yeah, and you know you're sharing, you know you're not sharing joints anymore. Everybody gets their own little dog walker, right? But there, right. it's like, uh, you know, in these crazy COVID times. But at the same time, you know, you know I'll throw some names out there like Wonder Bread. You know, they've got some, they have some really quality, quality, you know, lower twenties, even high teens, THC mm-hmm. flower. They've got the high, they got the high testing stuff too. You know, they they do it right. You know. And there's a few other people out there, King's Garden, that you know can can you know get away with some lower potency. But it seems like if you're a new company and a new brand, if you don't have like the buyers are like, all right, 28 percent or above. If it's at 22.50, they'll start. You know, it's the 13. You know, you can go really cheap. The 10 dollar eight, the 12 dollar, the 14, then it's like 17, 20, 25, and you go above 25, you're just, I think you're paying too much for your weed, but yeah. that's just my opinion. There's some of that. No, stuff. no, no. That's it's an so opinion nice. shared by many. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you, you should go find a friend that's growing it somewhere, right? Not, exactly. Know, but, but, you know, you can get some really good, you know, mixed light, you know, greenhouse stuff that's, you know, 17 bucks an eighth. And then you can get, you can get really good quality indoor for, you know, 2022. And I wouldn't start with the right hand percentage column. You know, I like when people put their terpene in there mm-hmm. and, and that kind of stuff, or at least give you access. You can go online and see it. And um, it's just, it's not easy to grow really, really dang wheat. It's not easy. No, on a large not. scale. It takes a lot of effort. Like one of my favorites is forbidden fruit. Always has been. I've, I've grown it myself and uh, you'd be, you'd be hard pressed to push that above 20 if you're lucky, you know? Yeah, you know, and that's why there's not a bunch of it for sale in the wholesale market. Because if yeah. if I were to grow even some of the older school strains, I mean, I love like the old the green cracks and the Durban poisons and the sour diesels. And I think that you know the market will come back around to some of those classics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I miss the, I miss Durban poison. That's another one that was good. Oh yeah, everything's got to be like a cake or a fritter or you know some sugary pastry. Now I'm I'm trying to bring the gas back. So good. All right, that's a good, worthy endeavor, Greg. We are so happy to announce our Stevia product is now on the market. Powered by React, by Kushla, five-minute onset time, an enormous jump in technology. Our Stevia has a special blend of proprietary flavors that give it an amazing natural flavor. Not that acrid stevia taste you found in so many stevia products in the individual packs you find at restaurants. Our stevia is pure, delicious, and usable for anybody in any circumstance. Look for us at a dispensary near you, especially if you have diabetes or sugar intolerance. I think you'll find our stevia is your go-to sweetener. That's Shuggy Stevia at a dispensary near you. Hey, let's talk about other things that are kind of weird in the business too. And I've read um, in one of your bios about what you find frustrating, uh, snake oil guys. And this is one of my big bugaboos, everyone trying to sell in services to the cannabis industry and the people in the cannabis industry and that offer no value whatsoever. Um, they're just money grabbers, you know. You well, wanna- it's funny, like 2010, the first real, I mean, this is just like an old Western snake oil so this guy comes into our dispensary i think it was like 
September or November 2000. It was early, early on. He's got this little clear vial. And uh, he's like, hey, put three drops of this in your feed tank. You're going you're gonna to add 30% to your yield. I was like, oh, well, how much is it? And I know it's bullshit, right? I hope I can right. say that in this show. Um, it's a, so he, we speak every 35, language here. Don't worry, Greg. Yeah, okay. I said, <laughs> you know, 35 bucks. And I said, you know what? Here's 40 bucks. Keep the change. And, and if this works, come back and sell me more. But the testing lab just started uh, doing all our water analysis. So we sent it in and got it back. It was basically Denver tap water. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I just wanted, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to prove that those kind of people are out there and, and completely, but to the certain point now, it's okay. I got a new light or I got, you know, I have this new soil that's going to change everything. And, you know, now that the industry's out in the open, big, you know, good and bad, big companies are actually pouring money into the industry to develop technology. And so if, if a company doesn't have a big you know name behind them at this point, you can weed some of those out. But there's some newcomer small companies that have great ways to, you know, track all your data. So mm-hmm. now we have all this data to make all these little decisions instead of, you know, some guy that has the next thing that's going to triple your yield. Just try it, you know, as he's twisting his mustache saying, trust me. <laughs> Snidely whiplash, if you remember that reference from years ago. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's funny. Um, okay, so going forward, right, um, we're coming out of the nascent stages of legal cannabis, and we're moving into the more mature stages of cannabis. And really, as a business, I mean, I enjoyed meeting you in person. And in full disclosure, I'm working with the Gold Flora team, and our, our flower division is working with them on buying Gold Flora for our, our distro. And um, I like the professionalism of everyone you you have. And I, I have to say, there's a lot of organizations that in the cannabis business right now that have definitely purged the, the crappy people and definitely have good people around. So it's a testament to your hiring, obviously. But um, with, you know, going forward, what, what's the biggest concern that you see for the cannabis industry? If there is one thing now, I know we can go segment this a little bit too, because I know there's taxes and other things that we can talk about and get deep on, but what other things are like concerning to you? Well, uh, where do I start? Exactly. <laughs> so, so concerning is the ever changing rules and regulations. Now there's a, there's a, there's a crazy thing going on in Colorado, which I, honestly, I try to focus on California as much as I can, but you know, I get the stories from there because I still own a business there. They want to try to limit THC content. So let's I heard, I heard, and not not flour, a concentrate to a, a percentage that would be less than the flour. So if you're going to make a concentrate, let's say you're going to make a concentrate vape pen, which concentrate shouldn't even be the word. You're you're removing THC, which means you're putting a whole bunch of other stuff in there that would make the THC level smaller. So now you're you know you know, vaping some sort of weird oil or byproduct, yep. you know, or you can't really dab. So it just, it doesn't make sense. It's kind of attack on smaller businesses. I believe, you know, we got mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people speaking out against it and, um, wanted, Wanda James is one of them. I believe is her name in Colorado, but it's, it's, it's craziness. And, or let's say, um, enforcement, you know, I, I feel for the people and the, we'll call it the traditional market to be PC and not having a way i know a lot a lot of people that lost their farm because they couldn't get the the right 
CEQA approval for drainage uh, in, in their ditch in front of their house. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other story. You know, as an envir- you know, environmental conscious person, I see that as a good thing. And, but as a person who wants to, you know, create jobs, build, um, you know, industry that you're, you're trying to be as clean as possible, it's a big hurdle. So once you get your cultivation up and running, yeah, great. Everybody else has to jump over that hurdle. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of mom and pop businesses that are going out of business right now That's, because of it. Yeah. Let's, let's address that, that one very issue because I, it's a big bugaboo for me because I, I came from a farming family and ranch lands and things. And I see, you know, I hear in California, I see the grape industry, for instance, basically running herd over every municipality and dumping bad water and pesticides into every water stream source and river there is to the extent where you're getting algae blooms in the Napa River that you never had before. You're getting all the aquifer water in the San Inez Valley pulled out for grapes. And these guys are using chemicals on every single grape. It drives me nuts. And every time I drive down the 101 to LA or Santa Barbara and I see more grapes, I just, it drives me freaking nuts because they're not under the same scrutiny the cannabis people are. And they're sure shit not paying the same amount of compliance money that the cannabis people are. Well, true and, and untrue a little bit. So if you're going to do a new farm, no matter what it is, you've got to get by fish and game and sequa. But yeah, there's so many farms in operation that are now grandfathered in that it, it, it's like a, you know, a dent a small little ding in, in the hood of a car compared to like a right. running collision The the people in like you go to parts of Santa Barbara, even like the Salinas Valley yeah, and look what's in that soil. So if you put a cannabis farm on a farm, you can't even put the cannabis plants in the soil because they won't pass testing because it's so loaded. I'm talking like three feet of like red and orange kind of swirls in the ground. Yeah, it's you, loaded up. Oh yeah. It's loaded. So, you know, I, a little bit of it, the cannabis industry has helped cleaning some stuff up. The bad part of it is it's going to slow down the growth. And, and, you know, it's a good, it's a bad thing, first of all, that there's not enough stores opened up. It's very difficult to stores up. But it's also a good thing because what it takes to build out a cannabis project, if you want to start a, start a cannabis project today on a raw piece of land, see in four, four and a half years with your first building, if it's, you know, not, if it's a 20, 30,000 square foot building, it takes that much to get, and you know, the power and the will serve lenders and the Envirostar and, you know, your, your you know, Native American uh, sign off, you know, that they're on site to make sure you don't want to ever, you know, disturb a burial ground or something like that. So yeah, in the ways this is all kind of good stuff, but sometimes it just slows down. So I think at some point when, when enough people are over these hurdles, the stores get open. I mean, we haven't seen anything yet in California. I mean, there's no. more. I heard somebody say the other day, there's more dispensaries open in Oklahoma than there are in California right now. What? Really? That's something I, I have not verified that, but it'd be, maybe we can have a, have one of your staff look it up while we're on the phone because you have this huge staff on your side, but it wouldn't surprise me because the regulation there is so easy and, and I heard that basically you get, a, you know, I, I shouldn't just speak in, you know, I heard, but you know, it's, it's funny how each state's different. So when it does go federally legal, whenever that's going to happen, I never predict that by the way, it, it's just, it's everybody who predicts when it's going to go federally legal. is just guessing like anybody else, but 
it's going to give some of these places outside California um, a little bit of a leg up if you're not already operating here. So right, um, and that that's a, a a good subject because I was talking to a buddy of mine who has a huge amount of land out in Santa Barbara County, and he's been considering doing hemp. And I just said to him, "It's like, dude, you know, you you can plant two thousand acres of hemp, but when the boys in Kansas." get their go ahead to do hemp full scale and they're going to do it. They're just going to, it's a commodity. You're going to drive the price down and you're going to get wiped out because premium hemp doesn't mean shit. You know, it doesn't hey, guess, mean well, those guys in Kansas know how to farm that, you know, they've hell yeah. They're like fourth and fifth generation. I don't care if you're a, a shoe cobbler or a chef or whatever, if you're great grandfather and your grandfather and your dad did it before you, um, yep. you know, some of the best cannabis growers come from, families that you know grew up on with nurseries and greenhouses on their property maybe growing anything with poinsettias to, to you know chrysanthemums or whatever it might have been oh, so yeah. so i got uh, one of my best friends bill rafferty from wyatt group he's a farmer from missouri and he and his brothers and his dad and his granddad and his great granddad all been farming many different row crops for well over a hundred years and if you tell them that you could get into the hemp business and start growing the shit out of hemp they're going to grow the shit out of hemp, you know, they're not going to stop. Yeah. They, well, they start with a thousand acre. Okay. What, what are we going to do with that thousand acres over there? You know what a thousand <laughs> acres of hemp will do? You, you can't even, there's not enough processing facilities for it. So you got to, exactly. that's a whole other show. You got to get the processing facilities before you get the product. I think they figured okay. that out two years ago. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to another problem facing the, the, the cannabis business. And this is my big bugaboo taxation without representation. And the way the state operates and the way they're not um, taking our tax dollars that we all pay, and you pay a shit ton, I'm sure. Um, and they're not doing enforcement against like really blatant black market operators. I'm not talking about uh, artisan farmers, okay? I'm talking about people who shove it in your eye and say, ah, too bad, you're, you're an idiot for being in the legal market. We're not being represented. And our tax dollars are just going into a deep hole for more regulation. Um, I'd love to hear your take on that. Okay. So I like to put these in like, let's call it three buckets. There's the bucket of the, you know, the guy that grows really dank weed in his basement and him and his buddy smoke it. Great. Grow your own weed if you can. Brew your own beer, make your own wine. Yep. Uh, Then there's the, you know, the the guys that uh, I'm going to grow it here. I'm going to take it straight out of state. I can go to, I don't know. Illinois, well, Illinois is legal now. Once everywhere is legal, where are they going to take it? But I'm going to take it. Uh, we'll so use Wyoming. Let's use Wyoming. Okay, we're going to take it to. Well, it's legal okay. there now too, right? Wyoming, no. Medically, no. All right, Nothing. That's Montana. That's Montana. Yeah, right, I'm going to take it to Wyoming, and I'm going to get four grand a pound up there because you know. All right, whatever. I don't agree with it. I'm not going to do it. But that's they're not affecting my market. But how about the guy that? Um, uh, goes out and gets a distro license and uh, drives the price of the flower up and and makes it disappear somewhere. I don't, I don't know if that's being enforced. And then the fourth bucket is just like the one farm. I can't remember where it was at in California, but it was supposed to be a quote unquote hemp farm. And it was just thousands of acres of weed. And, yeah. and you know, trying to get that into the legal market seems weird, but early on in, in Colorado, that was the biggest concern was, not, okay, we're going to grow it here and sell it out there. It was, oh, we're going to grow it at home, and I'm going to bring my backpack in and sell it to these guys because, you know, the price of weed on the on the legal market was more than the illegal market. So kind of the opposite deal in Colorado. So 
you know, the big operators that are, you know, blatantly, you know, we, it's expensive to be compliant. It's not cheap. It is. So, uh, the players that are, you know, I don't even know how they're doing it. They, I don't know how they backdoored in, but it, it affects the, the whole industry from top to bottom. Um, I don't want to name names, but there's some big brands that have played both sides of the fence and, you know, the ones that got busted and, and the ones you know, that didn't, some of them are still operating and some, I just saw a, uh, I want to say the name, but I'm not going to, cause I love everybody. I saw them on the shelf of the store here, here in Palm Springs. And I'm like, Oh, somebody got the name and kept, kept the legacy alive. But yeah, so we, you know, but I think I know, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so we're just going to have to have to, you know, I respect people's right to grow it for themselves and hook their buddies up. I respect the fact that you can grow your own and, and try to make some money for your family. But um, doing like a hundred thousand square foot warehouse in downtown LA, still in power or whatever. And okay using and using pesticides. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's dirty. It's you know, there's there's probably some dudes that, but if there was no regulations, I mean, I know I would, but how many people would not spray Eagle Twenty or back in the day like Four Bid and all that kind of stuff people are using? So, you yeah. know, it's. I always say the funny story is, all right, California's market is this. If I go buy an organic apple from Whole Foods and I infuse some caramel over here with with everything, I get the caramel tested and it's clean. I put it on the apple, send it in to have a, even though nobody makes a caramel apple, how would you delineate? But anyway, just for for conversation purposes, that, that apple would fail because of the apple. The organic, crunchy, granola apple from whole foods would make that test fail. So, yeah. you know, those guys in downtown LA are, are, or wherever it is, um, making a living. Some of them growing really good weed, but they're not following the rules and the regs no. and, and it's uh, bad for the environment. It's bad for their employees. It's not safe. And, uh, I think we're getting there though. I see some enforcement yeah. going on. I'm optimistic. Okay. Well, there you go. I do remember back in the day when I went to university of Oregon, um, getting, tremendous headaches from weed like super dank weed back then you know for the time and i realize now since i haven't had a headache since i've been in the legal market um and only buying from people i knew prior to the legal market uh that was pesticides basically and it was horrifying horrifying headaches you well know, eagle like, 20 you know it's a fungicide it turns into cyanide once it's heated so yeah pretty horrible could have caused a couple of headaches there <laughs> yeah well, uh, Greg, so this is the part of the, the interview where I come to a fan favorite, and it's called Stony Story. And if there's anything, a story that relates to you about smoking weed or something that happened to a buddy or friend, a wife, a girlfriend, anybody, you don't have to name names unless you really want to shout them out. Uh, you got a Stony Story for the people at home that they can relate to. And uh, try not to make it about brownies if possible, because that is the number one answer. Oh, Stony Story. Jeez. Um, yeah, exactly. So many concerts and so many, so many nights, but everybody kind of remembers that the first time you got high, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so I could do that story, but that's boring. Oh, I got high. It felt so great. It changed my life. Um, <laughs> instead of my Stony Story. So Justin Jones, he's a, he's my old business partner. He, and he's got, he's got the gift of gab. That guy can talk, but, um, he, uh, college, you know, if you want a quarter bag, you go to him or you go to me and, or if you need, you know, whatever you needed, some mushrooms or something like that, nothing too hard. 
but mm-hmm. he uh, he decided, okay, well, I'm starting to you know moving out a week or whatever it is. Back then, was a lot of weight, so he got this alarm that went on his uh, door to his apartment, and he goes, if anybody breaks in, this alarm goes off. But I told him, I said, well, if anybody breaks in, the alarm goes off, and then the cops actually come. The worst thing that could happen if the alarm goes <laughs> off, somebody could steal yeah. your ounce of weed. So anyway, somebody kicked his door in, alarm went off, and uh, and it's in Iowa. So he he has a he had a marijuana charge for like two roaches in an ashtray. Oh, so, so forever, we always were worried that this two roach ashtray thing would prevent him from owning a marijuana license. Cause you know, early on in Colorado, zip up, you can't have any record. At least they're starting to recognize in States that, Hey, if somebody got busted for, you know, trying to grow marijuana, maybe they should be the ones growing the marijuana now. But yeah, before that, so that that's kind of the, Nothing too funny, but it's no. just ironic how, how full circle. It but would be funny. It, the, it would be funny if his nickname was Rochi now. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think. Yeah, that'd be funny. But he's uh, he's been a long time business. Got to give a shout out to him and right on. You know, Dan Glenn and Jay Griffin and, and Brian Sullivan and all the new crew at Gold Flora. You know, a lot of guys from Colorado followed me out here, and and a lot of guys from across the country waited for their you know turn to come out here i've been talking about this project for three years you know and of course you know you know all the investors in gold floor that trust us with their money it's a big it's a big deal right to yeah yeah of course some of your money and, and expect more of it back someday so we're working really hard to make that happen that sounds very familiar you got any plugs for us um i know you're working on some dispensaries uh, is that too early to talk about or you got something going well our dispensary chain which is one store now is called king's crew it's in long beach pch the seventh it's uh it's a dispensary, but it's uh, it's a family in there. Uh, shout out mm-hmm. to, to Ryan and, and staff there and all the managers. A couple of Colorado folks came. Morgana and Ryan came over from Colorado. Lace is there. Mike and Dan run the show, but it's good good times there. So I like to plug people, you know, and then corporate mm-hmm. office. We got all kinds of amazing people. Rhonda uh, Delgado did our, did our logo and stuff, and she works hard and we got a sales team out there, shelf life distribution. So if you, you know, dispensary owner, you need some products on your shelves, look for, you know, shelf life. We acquired the assets of shelf life, shelf life a couple of Octobers ago. So uh-huh. um, doing the distro thing there. Um, of course, you know, Scott Dennis out in, out in the desert, you know, doing all the logistics for shelf life, which is a thankless job, honestly, you know, you know, John Heffelman and the new guys up new, you know, we got Mike Finelli on board, which we're really excited about. Mike's a systems guy and has, you know, grown marijuana in very large scale. So it's, it's tough to find that, you know, yeah. and Steve and Gene and, and the whole crew out there, Chris. So yeah, you know, Adam, Adam has been out there since day one, building the place. And of course, Lori, our CEO, Chris Martin, Adrian, but anyway, I could go on and on. We, Henry and Eli and all the rest of the guys yeah, out there. Yeah. Oh, we do have it. Yeah. Eli, you know, Eli, um, um, North, Eli? North, Eli North just guy. Came on, yeah. Eli just came on board and excited about that, but let's just say, uh, we got, we got a good team behind us and the, a better team, uh, every day. Cause we all learn something every day and, uh, you know, we're excited, excited about the right. future and, uh, I look for gold floor on a shelf near year. We're, we're almost to the point where we're going to start, putting it out there in jars and, and uh, being really proud of the product in, the, in, in there. We're proud now, but uh, we've got some exciting uh, new strains coming down. The top. Right on. Well, Hey, thanks for uh, letting us at sense distribution and uh, come in and talk to you, you guys about getting a uh, bulk 
flower. We appreciate it. And I'll be in the desert next week, clearing out one of our warehouses, which we're moving back up north. And if you're in town, I'll, I'll look you up, Greg. Uh, I really appreciate you being on the show tonight. And thanks for your insight. Um, more people need to hear um, the backbone of the industry. And you're definitely a guy in the backbone of the industry. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate the, the kind words and the time and uh, look forward to, to many deals with you. Right on. Thanks, Greg. And uh, thank you. And once again, this program is brought to you by Shuggies. That's S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S. Find us at Shuggies.com. Now with sugar, agave, and stevia in convenient single packs, uh, individual jars, and now in the commercialized uh, stevia and sugar. You can buy 25-pound um, pails of sugar and stevia with our infused proprietary blend for your um necessary needs in the edible space so if you're an edible maker and you don't want to source your own distillate and or isolate come to us for shuggies we do sell directly to other edible makers and it's we make a great product our stevia is an amazing uh, flavor and it's unlike the stevia you find it on the shelves at a store so look us up at shuggies.com greg gamut thanks very much and gold floor best wishes to you and continued success Thank you. Thanks, Greg. We'll see you soon. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.